Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We have come to the final day of what we coined the year of favor 2023. And I just want everybody to look around because, you know, the night before the final day of the night of favor, uh, if you are a Lions fan, you need some favor right now, right? I mean, come on now. I mean, I have been a Cowboy fan since I was five years old, all right? I watched Ed Tittall Jones, and he was my hero, and I watched him jump over a man and go tackle somebody. And, and so since I was five years old, I've been a Cowboys fan. Well, uh, when we lived in Dallas, they won the Super Bowl two of the three years we lived there. I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but probably did, all right? Just taking some credit. And then they haven't won a playoff game, maybe one, in the last 30 years, I think, right? Because we know how to lose games. Well... My team lost like, I don't know, my team lost three times last night, Chris, and your team lost four times, so you ended up being the losing team. And you know what it takes when you're losing? Resilience. See, how many times in 2023 did you think the game was over? Yeah? Ah, It's over. I said to Anastasia, my oldest, because she's watched many Cowboy games with me, and it was uh, 20 to 13, and I was like, well, I I just have a feeling like we're going to figure out a way to lose this one too, you know, and then then we lost it, and then we won it, and then we lost it, and then we won it, and then we lost it, and then we won it. How many of us, as we think back over the last 365 days, by the way, we began this year at church, January 1st. And we're ending the last day at church. And it's booked in with these 365 days. And listen, the enemy wants you to fixate on your losses. But God wants you to persevere through your faith. Amen? Come on, amen. You're not sure yet. Amen? And what I want you to do today is I want you to take inventory of your year. Now, I'm going to take you back to the characteristics of a resilient person. I'm going to remind you of those characteristics. How did we come up with this? In the fall of 2022, our elders and our pastoral leadership team went away and we began to pray and dream about who does God want us to be in 2023? And the word that bubbled up was the word resilience. And so we're going to talk about that word, but also within our pastoral leadership team, each one of us crafted a characteristic that describes what we perceive to be a resilient person. 
And so I want to invite you today to take your program, take your Bible, take your internet device. Uh, I want to invite you to share the service today. We have a whole lot of people online this morning. Good morning, all of you uh, from all the way from Indiana to Hawaii uh, to the East Coast. Thank you for joining in our service this morning. I want to invite you to share the service. What does it mean to be a resilient person. What does it mean to be a resilient person? Look at this definition. It means you are able, keyword, it means you are able to withstand. Now that's not always fun, but you're able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. You're able to recover quickly from difficult conditions. Now, we have just lived through one of the most bizarre times in history. The pandemic, uh, we all lived through it, and you go, well, that was a long time ago. Yes, but the rippling effects of the pandemic have taken effect on all of us, and especially the relationships of our lives. And I have observed globally the unrest that is present in our world today. And I have also observed individually, you ready? I've also observed individually how easily people are offended these days. Yeah? Including us. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just hacked off and I'm waiting to figure out why. I just... And there's incredible temptation to find somebody outside of ourselves to blame for the condition of our lives. And I just want to encourage you that in the midst of your life, as you take inventory, you can go down two paths. And one of my favorite movies is the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks in it. And at the end of it, he comes down that long dirt road uh, and, he, and he pulls up. And I actually have a friend uh, that actually knows the people that own the house where they filmed that movie. It's a real house. It's a real farm in Texas. And he drives up to that intersection and he stops in that four-way dirt road and he looks both ways and he can go either direction. Listen, this is one of those moments for you. This is one of those moments for us. You can turn left, you can turn right, and you have to make a choice. And as you make that choice, you can fixate on what you don't like about your life. You can fixate on the offense of your life. You can fixate on all the stuff that you wish wasn't true of your life. Or you can persevere through your faith and you can quickly return to being a resilient person. You say, well, what will decide? It's not a what, it's a who. And who will decide is you. You will decide. As you go into 2024, as we leave the year of favor, we are coining the year 2024, and I'll talk a lot about this next week, but 2023, the year of favor, gives way to 2024, the year of fruit. See, what we don't understand about the favor of God is God has to work in our lives in the cloudy, dark moments of our existence, 
And we think favor means that we're going to like everything. No, no, no. Favor means God is preparing you for fruit to flow through you. Now, I don't know if you were here last week, but I just want to tell you the highlight for me was Jerry Tolley standing on this stage. Amen. Can we give Jerry a hand? He might be watching right now. Jerry has suffered, suffered greatly this past year, greatly. And he is an intercessor who prays. And it was so encouraging to me last Sunday to watch him go and lay in the floor over here at the foot of the cross and pray for our church and pray for what God wants to do in and through us. Listen, I'm not saying that what I'm going to talk to you about today is easy. And I'm not saying that you haven't gone through the gauntlet of struggle in your life and the grief and the sorrow of your life. I'm not saying does not exceed your capacity to understand it. What I'm saying is you have a choice to make. You can fixate on what you don't like about this past year of your life, or you can persevere through faith, trusting that there's fruit that's going to come from the favor that you experienced in 2023. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. We have to make this choice. And so we begin today by how to be a resilient person and recover. Characteristic number one, diligence is a posture that we remain in. Diligence is a posture that we remain in. See, I don't know how you view yourself, but here's how I view me, because this was my characteristic of the five. I see myself as an average, talented, very good-looking, I'm just joking. I see myself as a very average person. Amen. But you're going, to have to give, you're going to have to kill me to get me to stop. And so I'm the tortoise. I'm just going to keep on going. How about you? And diligence is not I'm such an impressive man or woman of God. Diligence is simply the posture of I will remain faithful. Faithful, faithful in my marriage, in my family, in this church, in this community, in this world, in my relationships, in my friendships, in my spiritual disciplines. I will remain diligent. And I want you to remain diligent. And if you will remain diligent, trust me, Trust me, if you will remain diligent, you will be resilient. Look at Hebrews 11.6. Because it takes more than just determination. So what does it take? The Hebrew writer writes this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently, continually 
You don't give up. You don't give out. You don't give in. You keep showing up, and God will show out. So are you being diligent in your pursuit of God's heart for you? See, the enemy has a heart for you, a heart of destruction. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill, still, and destroy everything that is good about your life. And you have a choice to make. Now, some of us in this room today, uh, as we take inventory of 2023, we say to ourselves, well, I didn't know marriage is going to be this hard. I didn't know being a father was going to be this. I didn't know being a mother. I didn't know being a friend. I didn't know being that person's neighbor was going to be this hard. And all of us have to take inventory of our lives and wrestle through what we thought something was going to be compared to what it turned out to be. So characteristic number two, clarity determines value. Clarity determines value. A confused mind says no. A confused mind says no. So occasionally my wife and I, we go up to Denver. And we might have a family day and we go up there. Well, we always have to go to the jeweler store. Not to buy something, but to get her wedding ring cleaned. And John, every time when Tasha comes out and gets back in the truck whenever she lets me stay in the truck and I don't have to go in. She always goes, look. I mean, do you think I don't know what the ring looks like? I bought it. But see, when she gets it clean, there's clarity. There's clarity. And see, we all like things to have clarity to them because clarity shines and it's brilliant and it's resilient and it, and, and it sparkles and it, it glows. And, but here's the thing. I've got a friend, uh, Steve White, who he's a pilot and he, uh, he's retired now, but he was a, mis- a missionary pilot for some time. And uh, Papua New Guinea was one of the places that he was. But he told me a story. He's got some incredible stories of almost dying many times. Uh, But one in particular, he was flying through the clouds because they were really low. And he immediately came out of the clouds, the low clouds, and was faced with a mountain. And he had to immediately, and he was like, I knew I was a goner. Some of us, that's what 2023 has been. We've been flying through low clouds the fog, the smog, it's a mess. And then all of a sudden, the low clouds break. And you're like, there's a mountain there. And you want to give up. You want to give in. You want to give out. And I just want to encourage you, grab the steering wheel. Jerk it back as far as you can. Push the gas up, the throttle as hard as you can. And watch God take you out of that valley and over that mountain in Jesus' name. See, my friend, Steve, he's not dead. He made it out. I said, was it because you were such a 
great pilot? He was like, oh, no. It's like, I still don't know. I still don't know how I survived that. He was like, I just knew I was a goner. So what brings clarity in our lives? So as you, as you fly through that, those low clouds and, you know, it's, what brings clarity? And you come out and you see the mountain and like, I don't know what to do. There's a couple of things that brings clarity. And these aren't in your program, so you'll have to write them down if you want to remember the scripture reference. The first one is Isaiah 30, verse 21. And let me read this to you. It says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you. That's key. You don't look back to give up on the future. You only look back to hear clarity on how to proceed into the future. You don't look back to go, it's not worth it. Mm -mm. That's not God. We only listen for the voice behind us so we have clarity for the future that's ahead of us because we are a people of the future. Amen? We are a people of the future. And as we go into the future, yes, the past, God uses it. There's voice behind. The Spirit has has ordered your steps as a righteous person, and he has not made a mistake in how he's gone about it. Amen? So here's what the voice says. This is the way. Walk in it. Let me say it country style. Giddy up. Yeehaw. Giddy up. Now, when you turn to the right, and that would be this way for you, when you turn to the left, that would be that way for you. You will hear that voice speak. Now, what gives us greater clarity to hear the voice behind us speak? You ready? The Word of God. So the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you is narrating your life, and the Word of God is curating it. So look at Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living. You say, what does that mean? It means the Bible has something for you at all times that's concurrent to exactly what you're going through. We don't read the Bible because that's how God worked. We read the Bible because that's how God works. Amen? You're not sure. Amen? When you go to God's Word, you are going to God's Word Yes, to understand the historical perspective of how God has worked in his people. But we go there to get encouragement that how he has worked is how he will work. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for one of my cows to talk, all right? It hasn't happened yet. For the word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and marrow, discerning. So here's what the Bible does. When you you pick up the Bible and you read it, the Bible starts discerning your thoughts and your motives and your intentions so that you can 
be clearer on who God has created you to be. See, because clarity produces effectiveness. And when we understand who we are, we exist to take risks to reach the lost. And sometimes people will say things like this to me, well, I just don't get you. I go, what do you not get? Well, I just don't get why you'd be willing to take that kind of risk. I go, oh, you mean like starting a church that no one came to for weeks? You mean that kind of risk? See, it's so easy to look around and go, well, we just got to be careful to protect all this. You understand that if I had protected this, this would not have been here. Do you understand that? And we cannot bow down and worship this and forget why we exist. We exist to take risk to love people into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Guess what that requires? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. That does not always make common sense or human sense to the mind And that is why it is important to get along with God and to ask God, what is God speaking to us? What has he called us to? See, it is very important that we remember who we are. So who are we? Well, in 2023, guess what? We we put a baptismal over here and three times and 29 people said, I want to publicly profess my faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? You say, well, why is that significant? Well, do you understand that the average church in America only sees one person come to Christ a year? One person. That's great. It's better than zero, right? And it is one person. But you have to take risk to reach lost people. I don't know if you know this or not. They're not really interested in going to church. Lots of Christians aren't anymore. I mean, it's it's very interesting. This is who God has made us to be. This is who God has called us to be. And see, when we have greater clarity, we have greater effectiveness. Characteristic number three. Dependence, and this was Pastor Donnell's Point, by the way. Dependence enables us to rise up out of the muck and get unstuck. Dependence that is on God enables us to rise up out of the muck and get unstuck. So Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they who, somebody say it, what? By the way, I've had this uh, verse on the wall of my office for the entire existence of Vanguard's existence. And I go in and on Monday morning, I'll read it and go, I'm tired of waiting. You ever get tired of waiting on God? Do you ever, sometimes I'll say to God, God, you're eternal, I'm temporal. Why do I have to wait on you? I'm the one running out of time. Come on. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. 
They shall walk and not faint. What was it in your life in 2023 that you need to rise up out of the muck and get unstuck? Take inventory of that. Where was that moment in 2023 where you're really battling as to whether your faith is really worth it or not? Whether this sacrifice was really worth it or not? Where was that moment when you're like, I'm not going to trust anymore. I'm not going to sacrifice anymore. I'm not going to give anymore like this because it's just too painful. Where was that? Characteristic number four. This was Pastor Jenny's, by the way. Trust God to fulfill his purpose for you through your pain by worshiping him. Trust God to fulfill his purpose for you through your pain by worshiping him. It is so difficult when we're angry and disappointed to want to worship God. Let me illustrate. When you and your spouse are into it, you know, you know what I mean. Not that you all ever get into it, all right? But if you did, do you ever just want to run and jump in their arms and tell them how much you love them right then? How great they are. How incredible they are. Hey, I know you're mean as the devil, but let me just tell you how great you are, right? Nobody wants to worship God when they're angry at him. Nobody wants to tell God how good he is when they're frustrated with how something is gone. But see, that's part of being a resilient person. I am gonna go to God. And by the way, Worship is not just uh, warm, fuzzy feelings. Jesus died for your bad feelings too. Amen? And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When somebody says, how you be a pastor all your life, here's how you do it. You just do what Jesus did on the cross. That's it. And if you can do what Jesus did on the cross, you can do whatever he's called you to do because you let go of the offense and you embrace the forgiveness that God has for you and for everybody else in your life. That's the calling that he has on us. And we have to do that. And so where in your life are you taking up offense against God against others, against God's people, against God's leaders. Where in your life are you doing that? And where do you need to get unstuck by worshiping him? Look at Romans eight twenty eight. Now we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. Those who are called according to his purpose. I could really love that verse if the word all was left out. Right? And just about everything works together for the good of those. But 
there's a few things I'm just not sure. That's the honesty. That's the feeling. That's, that's what we all wrestle with. Characteristic number five. You've got to expect God to do the impossible. You ready? The key word. Through you. Everybody wants God to do the impossible for them. But see, God wants to do the impossible through you. That requires partnership. That requires skin in the game. That requires sacrifice. And dare I say, it requires suffering. That S word that no one likes. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We live 2023 with an expectant heart. I want to read you what that means. Expectancy is born out of faith in Jesus. It's not about us, it's about him. It's seen in actions forward, anticipations of Jesus. It's sustained in our lives by the traits of resilience. And we've talked about that today, diligence, clarity, dependence, trust. It's ultimately rewarded by our Heavenly Father. So look what Hebrews says about an expectant heart. Because it's born out of faith in Jesus. Now faith is the assurance, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Expectancy is seen in actions for the anticipations of. I love Psalms. My devotions right now, this morning I was in Psalm 114 through Psalm 123. And Psalm 71 verse 5 says, O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you. From my childhood I've trusted you. And now, Psalm 71, verse 9, now in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't set me aside. Don't set me aside, Lord. Psalm 71, verse 15, I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I'm going to proclaim your saving power from overwhelmed by how much you've done for me. It's a good way to live. How are you doing? I'm overwhelmed. What's wrong? No, you don't understand. It's a good thing. What? I'm overwhelmed by how good God's been to me. Well, what do you mean? Did you get a new truck? That's American Christianity. Psalm 71, 18. Now that I'm old and gray and partially bald. Do not abandon me, God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation. Do you know, and I'm including myself in this for a second, you know, old people, why the devil wants you to be pissed off all the time? so that he can discredit you among the new generation. 
so that he can use you as a mouthpiece of discouragement so they'll quit sooner than you did. Don't let him. Don't let him. Be diligent. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who came after me. See, 31 years ago, 31 and a half years ago, I was 20 years old. And my pa Ralph, my dad's dad, he died. He had dementia and, and he taught me how to ride a horse. But more importantly, he taught me how to sing. We call it sangin' where I'm from. You go into the sangin'. And my grandfather would take me for Lickens, which is ice cream, and we would get in his car, and as we drove down the road, he would begin every time. This guy had been married five times, had been in prison. He was abusive to my dad. Uh, he was a horrible man until he met Christ much later in his life, and I never knew any of that about him. All I knew was a man that liked to laugh. He loved horses. That's why I love horses, because he loved horses. And that's why I became a horse rider and showed horses as a kid. It was because of him. And I fell in love with singing because of my pa Ralph. I would get in the car, and he would go down the road, and he would, he would start like this. Every song we sang to the old rugged cross, okay? It didn't matter what it was we sang. Well, I went home when I was 20 years old in February of 1992 because he passed away. And it was the first time I'd ever been on an airplane. I was 20 years old. I'd never been on an airplane in my life. And I flew home for his funeral. And after the funeral, at his funeral, I read Psalm 23. Uh, I wasn't the primary communicator of the funeral. And then that night, my mom came into my bedroom. She's like, hey, I've got a question for you. I was like, okay, what? And she's like, when I die, will you preach my funeral? I'm like, what? Why are you asking me that? She's like, when I die, will you preach my funeral? It's like, you're freaking me out. She said, I want you to promise me that when I die, you'll preach my funeral. Okay, mom, just leave me alone. She died two weeks later. Drunk driver killed her. And I remember also that night, she said, I don't want you to come in here. I want to, I want to talk to you about something. And so I went in her bedroom and she says, there's two things I want to tell you. First of all, Tasha's the woman that you're supposed to marry. Oh, Okay. Thanks for letting me know that. And I said, do you mind me asking why? She's like, because Tasha can put up with a lot and you're a lot to put up with. That's the God's honest, that, that was what she told me. That is the truth. I was like, okay, well, all right. All right. So I listened. And, he, and she was right, by the way. And then she said, and then I want to tell you this. And so she started speaking prophetic words over my life. And 31 years later, here I am, and I'm starting to live out those words. And I used to say to God in my journal, is this a proud mom or a prophetic mom? And the Lord would always say, yes, yes. 
Yes. Yes. And see, because she proclaimed the power of God to this generation. And she said to me, two weeks later, she called me the night before she was killed. 11.56 p.m. because they cut the phones off at midnight. So you go to bed at college, at Liberty. And I pick up the phone. I say, hey, mom, what, why are you calling? She's like, I just felt like I needed to call you and tell you I love you. And I'll see you tomorrow. I was like, okay, well, I'll be home tomorrow. She's like, okay, I just felt like I was supposed to call you and tell you I love you. I said, well, I love you too, mom. I'll see you tomorrow. I hung up the phone and see, that's the voice that's behind me. That's the voice that's behind me. See, for 31 years, I was in like my eighth reading of the Bible. I'm in my hundredth now. And so for about 92 readings of the Bible, I go back to that moment. That moment just keeps defining my life. Those moments, they keep defining my life. And and you go, do you like them all? Oh yeah, they're just wonderful. It's just great to grieve for 32 years. I mean, I just highly recommend it. Like it's just, it's just the perfect life, right? No, you know, the saddest moment in my life is when something good happens. You want to tell the people you love, right? It's the good moments of life that become the saddest because you struggle with the reality that there's people you want to tell things to that you can't. But here's what I've learned. My mother was in my past. She ain't in my present and hasn't been for a long time, but she is in my future. And so I said to her, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. So I'm living for tomorrow. How about you? What are you living for? Yes, the voices of the past, they're important, but they're not there to get you to stop living for him in the future. They're to clarify that you are the people of the future. And there is a new generation of people that need to hear the gospel. And as my friend Eric Curtis, who goes all over Europe and and plants churches said, Kelly, they've been without God for so long that they're not post-Christian, they're pre-Christian. They're ready for the gospel again because they've realized how futile and dark and desperate this world is apart from the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen, we have cosmic unrest on our globe and it may not dissipate. It may increase over these next couple of years. I don't know. I don't know what's coming. I don't know the the cosmic conflict that is brewing, but I feel it and so do you. And you see it and you watch it and you see the dissension and you see the global spirit of offense that exists in our world. You see it and it's unrestful. It's so unrestful and it's so troubling to our souls as we wrestle through the struggles of our lives. Listen, one day, one day, I will stand before my maker and I will give an account for the life I've lived. But I also will one day see my mama again, okay? 
And I gave a tribute to her just a few days ago because I'm in my hundredth reading of the Bible and I've never seen in the Bible in Psalm 86 that the psalmist said that he was faithful to his God like his mama. I'd never seen that. Never before. How did I miss that? I mean, I know I'm slow. I didn't think I was that slow. Look at Psalm 66, verse 5. Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he does for his people. See, expectancy is sustained in our lives by the traits of resilience, diligence, clarity, dependence, trust. So Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary. Now listen to me. If you can grow weary, that means you can grow unweary. But if you grow weary and quit, you will stay weary. But if you grow weary and continue, you will ungrow weary. And I just want to encourage you in your weariness, don't quit. Don't give up. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap. We're going to reap. If we do not give up, so then as we have opportunity, let's do good to everyone, and especially to those that are of the household of faith. Let's look for opportunities in 2024 to do good to them. Expectancy is ultimately rewarded by our Father. Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, you know, for six years we've been praying as a church that God would give us a ministry right here in this city that would be a ministry to our community. And God this year brought the Chapel Hills Preschool into our church building. And Anita, who runs this, amazing woman of God. Now, why is this also uniquely special to us as a church? Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but 26 and a half years ago, we started this church at Chapel Hills Baptist Church where Chapel Hills Preschool was. And Anita ran it then when we were there. Okay? She hasn't quit. We haven't quit. And here we are together to reach this part of the city with the love of Jesus Christ. And I just cannot tell you how encouraging it is every Monday when I pull up. Okay? Because if you've never been a pastor, you should try being one on Monday morning. You know, because this is how being a pastor works. After you get done preaching, you have about two hours where you feel like you could just conquer the world, and then you wonder what in the world are you doing with your life after that. Every week, that's what it feels like. Every week, that's what it feels like. But to watch kids come in this building every Monday morning, like it is just a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing to behold. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to behold. And then, you know, when we came into this year, we had such high hopes of Vanguard Tri-Lakes. We were so excited about what God was doing at Vanguard Tri-Lakes. And then 
August came, September came. And I've been asked many times, well, how do you feel? Um, It's so hurtful that I can't talk about it publicly, okay? I'm not going to talk about it publicly. It's so hurtful what happened in this location. But listen to me. Even in the hurt, God has purpose, right? And we take our hands off of what we are no longer in charge of, okay? Tracking with me? But we do not take our hands off of what we are still in charge of. You say, what is that? Vanguard Tri-Lakes. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to steward that. And listen to me, over the last five months, I've said nothing and I will say nothing publicly about what happened. But I will say this. It's been questioned and, and people have said to me, well, you must be trying to keep this thing alive because you've got a spirit of vengeance on you. Listen. I have a calling of God on my life. Well, I just don't know why you would take such risks to keep something alive. Oh, you mean like when we started this church? When my wife and I loaded everything in the back of a U-Haul and they told us, don't come, we don't have any money for it? You mean that? And when we got here, there was nobody? You're talking about that? Do you understand that this wouldn't exist had we not done that? And we're going to do it again in 2024. We are a resilient people. You go, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Listen to me. God's economy never makes sense to the human mind. And if you want to be a part of a world that makes sense to you, you should pick a different one than God's kingdom. Because God turns things upside down. You go, yeah, but it seems this. And I understand. I understand all of what it seems. I get all of that. But I have searched my heart and as best as I can tell, and I've allowed God's word to pierce the depths of my soul. And God has called us to keep moving forward. Amen? And we want you to go with us. And we want you to dream with us. And I don't know if you know this or not. There are some brand new families, a part of Vanguard Tri-Lakes, since October 1, that were not a part of our church. They were not a part of our church. And let me tell you, let me tell you just a quick story. So this family, they invited Tasha and I to go to the graveyard. Do you ever go to the graveyard? You ever go to the graveyard to see someone that's not your family? It's part of being a pastor. I go to the graveyard a lot. I go to the hospital a lot. I go pray over people. I go ask God to heal them. I, I go, you know, I walk into a hospital and I, I break out into hives because I spent the first three and a half years of my life. And when I smell bouillon, I want to throw up when I see jello or Sprite because that's all I could eat for three and a half. I mean, it's, God has a sense of humor. So we're standing in this um, graveyard and we're saying um, honorable things to this baby that died 18 years ago. I married this couple. They've since have gone through a divorce after their baby died, after living only for a few hours. 
And we released balloons that day. And this was back in October. And when we released them, we all stood there and we watched them go up in the sky. And while we were standing there, I kid you not, 11 balloons, there was a flock of birds that came and ordered these balloons in the shape of a cross. And we're all standing there going, what? Listen, if you look away, you'll miss the miracles. If you look away, you'll miss the miracles. If you stop showing up, you'll miss the miracles. And if you give up and give in and give out, you'll miss the blessing of the fruit of what God has for us as a church. And I just want to encourage you that after that cross, guess what happened? Then those 11 balloons took the shape of a J. This woman has 11 children, all named after the letter J. Just coincidence, you know. Listen, miracles, miracles, miracles. If you can follow God when it doesn't make sense, God will do something that won't make sense. But if it all has to make sense to you, you're going to miss out on the greatest adventure of your life. Amen? Listen to these last words. Don't throw away your confidence. Trust in the Lord. No matter what happens, this is Hebrews 10.35, remember, the great reward it brings you. Be patient. Patient endurance is what you'll need now. So you'll continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all, all, all that he promised you. See, if you can trust that all things will work together, you will receive all the promises that he has for you. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.